they also think that network marketing is all about money. But the majority of people who join network marketing, they find a friend, and this sounds crazy, but they find a friend. Now, one in four Americans does not do not have a friend. One in four Americans do not have any friends. So joining network marketing, they might not make money, but they found a friend, they found a community, they found a voice, they found belief. It stopped them from doing bad things. Welcome to the Sales Masters Podcast. Here we're going to be interviewing titans of industry, bringing you the hacks, the tips, and tricks from the whole of the world on how you can get more effective in your business. We're going to bring some of the biggest names from across the world to drop their bombs, drop their information, to give you the info you need to thrive in business. We're going to talk about the struggles, we're going to talk about the successes, and everything in between. Make sure you're tuning in next week. Hi guys, and welcome to the Sales Masters Podcast. I'm David, the Sales Angel, and I am a sales and business coach, and I specialize in helping people just like you get to the next level within your business, going from good to great. I'm gonna be sharing daily sales tips over the space of the coming years, and you're gonna be able to lock in at any single point, whether that's watching here on video or listening in on one of your favorite downloadable podcasts. We're gonna be joined from world-leading guests they are gonna share their inside tips, how they've got from where they were to where they are now, leading in the industry and making those six, seven, and eight-figure earners from within the industry. Dropping the hacks, dropping the tips that you can use today within your business. Let's jump into the first episode. Welcome, guys. This is the Sales Masters Podcast, and today we are joined by world-changing network marketing rock star, Fraser Brooks. Hi, Fraser. Hey, buddy. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. I'm really excited about, about, about this podcast, and I'm, uh, yeah, I can't wait to tune in from this, this moment onwards. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I mean, watching people like yourselves, it just made sense to do it. I mean, you've done, we were just talking a moment before we got on, and congratulations, one million downloads, which is no small feat. I think we're in a world now, aren't we, where people are used to big numbers, billionaires and trillionaires and this, that, and the other, and we forget about a million, a million of anything is still a lot, right? Yeah. You must have been absolutely buzzing to get through that today. Yeah, mate, it was a... Uh... You know what? Like I've, I've conditioned myself to get so far away from the kind of the vanity metrics, so to speak. But podcast just feels a bit different because you think like it's a download onto their device. So that's a million times something has been downloaded onto someone's phone. And if you, when you look at the, like the completion rates of podcasts, it's staggeringly high. So like to have like a million views on Facebook or a million views on Facebook Lives or YouTube videos. That's great, but a million downloads is even greater because the completion rate is just extremely high. So I'm grateful, man. And it just it encourages you to do more, doesn't it? And bring more value and serve and serve, serve the people who need serving. So yeah, it's it's a good feeling. A good feeling. And, and the big thing with this, and I say it's to a lot of people out there, it's the work, it's the effort. And a lot of people, everyone does it when they're enthusiastic, right? But it's that commitment is doing that thing we said we'd do after that feeling's left us, right? And a lot of people, they give up. I was talking to a guy who, who thanks to the team for helping us with this podcast, but mm-hmm. the amount of people that drop off after that first four or five episodes, life gets in mm-hmm. the way and excuses come in. And I mean, you're pretty darn consistent, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, one of my favorite quotes for consistency is, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. And like, it's just, it may, it serves me so well over the years, like just so, so well. And like, you know, and I also think that people need to learn to decide once, like, you know, you decide you're going to start on Monday. Okay. That's the decision gone. You've got none left. Like, and then Monday comes, oh, I don't feel so great. I think I'll do it tomorrow instead. Oh, that's two decisions. And I think people will have a thousand decisions throughout a year where the successful people they have a small number of decisions that they make because they just commit to it, decide, commit, execute. It's it's as simple as that. And again, like, you know, you, you, you're at your partner at the altar just about to get married and they say, do you take this woman to be a lawfully wedded wife? You don't turn around and go, I'm going to give you a year. Like, and if you're not a great wife, or you're not a good husband at the end of the year, I'm going to sack you off and go find someone else. Like, we, 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 don't, we don't say that in the moment, right? Circumstances can change in our lives, but... You know, it, it's uh, 
yeah, decide once is so important, but yeah, consistency is key to everything and commitment as well. I love it. Do you know, I've just realised, we look like we're in the same office. <laughs> I know, yeah. With our walls. <laughs> Anyone who's watching this back, so both me and Fraser have got literally the same blue and it looks like we're in... We're, we're next to each other in an office and we're not. We're, we're in different parts. You're in Dubai still, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We, we, moved, we moved here about about 15, 16 months ago. So we, we got married and then about a month after we, we moved to Dubai. So in the height of the COVID, it was uh, it's something that I knew that I'd be telling this time of like, this time of my life to like my kids and future kids and hopefully future kids' kids, hopefully. Um, and I just knew that I'd be able, if I could be able to say we got married and we moved continent in that same period, I think it'd be something I'd be proud of saying instead of, oh, yeah, don't talk to me about 2020, 2021. <laughs> that was a nightmare. I'm like, best years of my life. So, yeah, it's... Um, With kindred kind of spirits, I'm sure we are. Because I said that the start of this year, I was like, right, everyone's moaning, everyone's griping, COVID's got me by the short and curlies. And I'm like, no, I'm doing two years worth of results in a year. I'm Because if I'm at home... I've got no travel. I'm not trekking to London and to Birmingham and to Oxford and to here and all this stuff, which you always hated, right? And if we've suddenly got that, we have this opportunity in front of us. And I think people are just nuts. So I'm glad you've said that. So let's give everyone, anyone who for any reason doesn't know who you are, 300,000 plus customers through social media. You became a distributor in network marketing back in 2010. Your parents were, 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 yeah. were big in the game, right? They're in eight figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they thought that ML, that my dad come across network marketing. This was in the days where it was called multi-level marketing. Right. You know, network marketing goes for a re, like a rebrand every, maybe every 10 years or so, because yeah. people, you know, give it by stigma. Uh, but, you know, he thought MLM, he saw it in a newspaper advertisement and he thought it stood for Make Love Monthly. So he was like, Make Love Monthly, I'm in. Calls the guy, calls the guy, <laughs> not kidding. Make Love kidding. Monthly! Yeah. yeah, and he went to his presentation. You know, for those people who you know who who know network marketing, like it, you'll understand the presentations. For those who don't, you, you have maybe a different idea. And it's funny because I've got a white like a flip chart behind me. It's always <laughs> behind me. But um, yeah, I was in the womb in the room at my mum and dad's first ever presentation in network marketing. Literally so. destined. To yeah, my dad. My dad told me he, he you, you knew you were there because I was elbowing you in the head, saying, "If they can do it, I can do it too." Got your the uh, speaker on the belly, letting those exactly sounds right. resonate in. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. So, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's uh, it's been great. It's uh, it's it, it's been an, it's been an incredible journey, and I owe everything to network marketing. But I also love to support other industries, especially you know, uh, personal development and the sales space and all that. But I really do stick to network marketing. We we recently got approached to speak for companies like Oracle and, you know, these huge companies here in Dubai, but we turn a lot of it down because we're so focused on the yeah. network marketing. We support other industries, but like we're so focused on just our one sector of the of the market that, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm super pumped about it because I just absolutely love it. Cut my wrists. Blood doesn't come out, network marketing does. Uh, so it's uh, a yeah, special feeling. I love well, this, this, I mean, let's touch on that for a sec if we can, because mm. I, can't, I, I knew this would happen. I send off a list of questions to people, and I know it would just go everywhere, and I love that anyway. But <laughs> this is the thing, right? Whatever we are going to do in our life, whether it's sales, whether it's network marketing, commit to it, right? Go all in. If you're going to become a shoeshine boy, right? Be the best damn shoeshine boy. If you're going to be a network marketing, commit to it. If you've got a foot in that and a foot in here, you're not you're gonna you're not gonna give it all the effort that's needed because it takes effort right to get that plane mm -hmm. off the runway to get that traction to get where you want to be mm -hmm. it's gonna take effort you're gonna definitely get rejection mm -hmm. i mean did you find that all of those things were just ingrained with you naturally because of the family or did you have any like mm -hmm. sort of sides with that which you sort of struggled with it so yes and no so i'm a massive introvert uh, and it's weird because when if you meet me one on one, you'll see it. But I've I'm being fortunate and blessed enough to speak in thirty different thirty two different countries. Uh, and like it, when I'm on stage, I'm not introverted. Uh, I'm like the complete opposite because it's the person I unlock. I'm, I'm the lion on stage, but the lamb at home. If that if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But uh, but I'm very introverted, so I really struggle. But my big thing, I had two big problems. I was an overthinker. 
Right. And I kind of created this like this this kind of cycle in my head. And I, I train on this is the more you think, the more you doubt. The more you doubt, the less you do. The less you do, the more you think. The more you think, the more you doubt. The more you doubt, the less you do this to do. And it kind of just, that was me. The second problem I had was I had a gigantic issue with belief. Like right. I, I believe, my, my, my issue was I believed that I would never be good enough. So, and I think a lot of people, I think especially in the sales game as well, they they don't have full conviction or belief. It's like you and I will say, go all in, play all out, commit to it. And they're like, I get it, but how do I know that if I go all in, it's going to pay off? Yes. And I was very, very blessed, very lucky. And I would say this is my the biggest thing I was spoiled in. And that was that my dad knew that I had a lack of belief and he gave me his belief. So I leveraged the belief that he had in what we were doing. He had in me to therefore one day after about three years of like, and I was living with the guy. So like every single second of every single day, three years, thousand days, a thousand days. uh, And that was it. That, That was it. After that moment, it was, oh my, oh my day. I believe, I believe with every single cell in my body that I'm doing the right thing. And if other people follow my frameworks, they'll get the right results as well. So yeah, overthinking and belief were the huge, the huge big things with me. And, you know, uh, I'm grateful that my parents were the people. And it was hard to learn from them because and you man, can be the rebel, right? Ask, that's got to be tough, right? Because the same people that, let's be frank, you will get told off. Was that little part of, shut up, mum and dad. Rebels. But also, mm-hmm. they must, mm-hmm. if they were just doing small figures, if they were only doing... So, mm-hmm. Say fifty grand a year, which isn't small figures, but we know what we mean. Incomparable to the, but they were hitting right, right. eight figures. And mm-hmm. if a smart brain, obviously, is going to grab that and go, "Hang on," like if your dad, if your dad was like Lewis Hamilton as you grow up now, you're like, "All right, well, he's sort of, I definitely got a, I've got to go with this, right? Because he's clearly got a good idea of what the hell is going on." So, yeah. was there those fine lines, or did you find yourself going off sometimes and being like, "Hmm, I don't want to listen to them." Well, I better listen to him. Oh, well, yeah, mate, for sure. When I when I started, when I started, and I would say an apprenticeship with yes. him, like I, I wasn't involved, but I, I I kind of I was I wasn't involved like as a distributor, but I was involved in like the whole process. I wanted to figure out how it all worked. I um I, I realized I realized very quickly that when he said, "Fraser, you got to come to this event," I said, "When is it?" He said, "Friday night and Saturday night." I said, "Friday night, Saturday night." No, 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 no. No, no, that, that's when I go out into Liverpool. Like, that's when I go out with my friends. He said, okay, you got to sacrifice what you like to get what you love. So are you going to yes. sacrifice this? Yes or no? And I was like, no, I'm going out with my friends. Like, he was like, okay, strike one. And he never told me what strike what strike one meant. Like, he just he just said, strike one. I was like, well, he said, you'll learn it later. And I never got to strike three because I was really? scared of what would happen. Yeah, I did. So I got strike one, strike two, and then I didn't dare get strike three because I was so petrified of him saying, you've had your chance. Go did, learn from someone else. Did strike two come from him offering you another chance or by you asking, did he not mention it again until you approached him and then you got it? Yeah, he was like, right, next event is, and that was like, I, I probably, I probably said, I said, I remember saying, uh, no, I'm going out with my friends. And he was like, okay. So your, loyal, your loyalties lie with that. So you want the royalties of beer every every for the rest of your Friends life. Friends over future, <laughs> right? Fred, there we go, mate. And uh, he he always would say like, "I'll show you a whole new world of friends, like a whole new world that you will never even imagine." You'll still love your friends, but you'll use the different friendship groups for different reasons, right? And you say use them like you serve them, they serve you, and it, it all works. But yeah, he I remember getting strike two, but I was more serious into the game then. Uh, and yeah, I just didn't dare because I was so scared. Hang on, I won't be able to find a mentor better than this. And if I do, I don't have the money to be able to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, you're gonna be paying yeah. a lot. But honestly, mate, biggest thing I was ever spoiled at, the biggest thing I was ever spoiled at was mentorship. And I I just if I if I look at the moments where I haven't had mentorship, um, those are the years that I've struggled. Yes. The most because like, you're trying to find good. answers, right? We're trying to find answers to stuff we don't know. Yeah, for sure. We're trying to for find sure. solutions for problems that we can't even look at. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to just, we're, the way I just say is like, I, I imagine like we draw a path mm-hmm. up to this day and without a coach, you're trying to guess mm-hmm. what that path looks like. With a coach, right. they draw the path out, grab you mm-hmm. by the hand and go, watch out for that rock. Watch out for that yeah. bit, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And a lot of us, we spend our time in our lives mm-hmm. going the day to day, right? And you must see this with the network marketing stuff. And then the progression slows down. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, but we only half bake our cakes. So mm-hmm. we end up with just some sloppy mess. And we're like, I worked really hard. No, you didn't. You did a lot of activity, but you didn't produce. You weren't mm-hmm. like you were dialing my phone number, but doing a digit wrong type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, it, it's true. It's uh, it, it's so so true. But I'm, 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 I, I just, I'm a great. What I do every single month, I do it every single month, so I average it out over the year. Is I take the, the monthly income that I, that I generate, divide it by, and I track all the hours that I work. Although it doesn't feel like work, I still count it as work. Yeah. So I, I divide that. So let's say let's say ten thousand dollars a month, and let's say I've done let's say I've done 200, 200 hours. Right. So then I know that my hourly rate is fifty dollars. Yeah. But then whenever I'm looking whenever I'm looking at mastermind groups or mentorship groups, and then I and then I think, okay, it's going to be a ten thousand dollar investment, a thirty thousand dollar investment, a fifty thousand dollar investment. I go, all right. Well, if it's a fifty thousand dollar investment, and I'm currently worth fifty dollars an hour, then it's it's a thousand it's a thousand like hours for me really. Am I going to get a thousand? Am I going to get a thousand hours back if I do this mentorship? Like, and is my, is my hourly rate going to increase or as a result? If the answer is yes, I don't hesitate. I just, bam, I'm in. And I think too many people, they think, all right, well, I paid 10 grand this month. So I've got to get 10 grand back the next month. Yes. I th- and I think that's a problem because of the modern day ads. There's the hooks and there's the stories and there's the offers and all these great things. But I think it's, it's, uh, it, we need to be a little bit more real and start teaching people. If you get paid for mentorship, yeah, you're going to shortcut the process, but it doesn't mean it gets shortcut to three days, no. right? It get it gets shortcut to a uh, you know it gets shortcut to a reasonable level of depending on your skill and your 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 work ethic. So that's something I do every month. Every month, and at the end of the year, I really know my my time and my value. And then it gets really crazy. Like I've not cooked since I've been in Dubai. Because I've realized by the time it takes me to go down to the bottom floor, to walk to the supermarket, to buy the food, to walk back, to come up, to cook it, to clean, it's significantly cheaper for me to order from a restaurant. Can we add on that for a second, Freddie, and watching this back as well? If your mindset now hears that and goes, oh, that's so lazy, oh, your hourly rate isn't Mm -hmm. where it should be, right? If your hourly rate, for example... You're not a lazy guy. You've just said a minute ago, if I work out my hours, I heard what he said, 200 hours. That means he's working 50 hours a week and he's making good money. Mm. A lot of people aren't doing that. A lot of people are only doing 35, 40 hours a week in a job. But actually, if your hourly rate, if you know you're earning 10 grand, right, a month, what's that, 270 something pound a day. Mm-hmm. So if you know that you've got a choice, I could do an extra hour's work now that could get me A, could get me B, could get me C, and have saying, I use meal prep now, and I want to lose yeah. a bit of weight and it's healthier, but purely convenience because it's for cooking, it's for buying stuff, for cooking, for washing up, for using a dishwasher, or whatever else it'll be. And all of that time, same as I have a cleaner because I'm not actually in my flow in the day, her coming in at 11 till 1, right, doesn't break my flow. So I get up at 5.40, I start kicking ass at quarter to six. Mm-hmm. By the time she comes in, I'm like, right, I need to go and have a quick coffee because I need to get that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm back onto it an hour later, right? And we've got to know that. And anyone who's watching this back now, if you're thinking this sounds like an expense, it's because you wouldn't take the time that you saved from cooking or cleaning. You'd go and sit in the park or you'd go to the pub or you'd have a nap. Mm-hmm. I imagine you've spent a lot of time laser beam focused and you suddenly look at the clock and the whole day's gone, but you've produced a, a, a load of stuff, right? It's crazy that the first, the first like three years, it was 80 to 90, 80 to 90 hour weeks, like easy, e- easy. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's funny because I, I have a quote in the beginning, you do a lot for a little and in the end, you do a little for a lot. Yeah. So like, so I, I realized that it was 80 hour weeks and it wasn't paying off. And those are the most frustrating days of, of my career. And then I was spending even more time and it was paying off a little bit. And I was like, it's not moving fast enough. And now my hours, are, I'm noticing year by year when I average it yes. out, my hours are coming down and down and down. But the income is going up and up and up because I've created leverage with systems, automation, and all that fun stuff. The the, the hourly rates now are staggering. It's it's absolutely staggering. So it's, uh, you know, it's crazy. 
you know, I feel, I feel like Coldplay sometimes. Uh, like, you know, you speak at an event and it's half an hour and it's a big payout and I'm thinking, all right, but I'm, I'm not getting paid for Fraser Brooks. I'm getting paid for the success and the achievements that I've, I've had yes. over all that time. So, you know, it's, uh, it's but always to it's a bargain, right? And this is the yeah. thing I think. Mm. So say someone hires, so hires you now and they pay you X amount of money, but you're going to talk to a thousand people and they know out of those a thousand people, 300 people are going to do absolutely nothing. 300 people are going to do a little, 300 Mm -hmm. people are going to do a lot and a hundred are going to kick ass. But a hundred that kick ass more than pay for the idea of you being there. Oh yeah, for sure. In the same Mm -hmm. way, what I do now when I get brought into a company and someone has said to me before, what do you mean they pay you 50 grand for a year? I'm like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, well, it's a couple of hours a week. But the in like we've got one of our clients at the moment. We take a guy from doing two hundred thousand pound deal, two hundred thousand dollar deals, and turning deals into seven hundred thousand. Nice. One deal pays for me for a year, right? And then you've got eight of them, and then you think it's so then. And a lot of the time, I think in sales for anyone who's watching this or anyone who's doing network marketing who knows Fraser, we've got to work out where our value lies and then put ourselves in that place, which must be one of the big things that you see in the network marketing because. A lot of people are fishing in ponds where the fish aren't, right? They're, 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 they're scraping on barrels or they're not looking in the they're not looking with the same glasses you've got on. Do you find a lot of that? Yeah, I, I think I think one of the pro, one of the the great things about net marketing, but also one of the problems is that when you join, you get free mentorship. So people don't value their own time and they don't value other people's time. So this is this is a classic. Hey, Fraser, have you got five minutes free? Or are you free for five? And you're like, yeah, sure. And you're on the phone for an hour and a half. And people don't realize that if anyone, now, if anyone contacts me now and says, are you free for five minutes? We're like, five minutes for, for free. And it's not that I'm going to charge for it, but I want them to know that like, hey, like, yeah, no, 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 no. It needs it's, to be. It, it's Yeah, right. And it, 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 it's, it's worth it. So Nettle Marketing has a bit of a, pro, a, bit of a problem with that because I think you then just spend all your time with everyone and there's no filter of knowing that, hang on. And, I, and this is one of the tips for, I think, anyone who runs some sort of team or works with big organizations, especially in Nettle Marketing, is whenever you give some advice, give them an assignment to do and they're not allowed to have another call until they finish yes. that assignment. And I, you will just cut out, you will cut out 80% of the people who are just wasting, wasting your time. So yeah, it's, it, it's something that I had to get over because I was the mouse. My dad said, you're going to get walked all over if you don't cut this out. Cause he's like the Simon Cowell of Netto Martin, like brutal, but you know, some people love him. Some people hate him. Uh, and I That's love him. Me. Dad, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so important. It's yeah. so important to have it. And I, I used to really be put off by it. Uh, I love my dad, but like, I was like, dad, you're being too strong. And he's like, Watch what happens to the people who take it and watch what happens to the people who say they don't yeah. like it. And but it I, think, I, the I think there's a room for both now. I think we live in an amazing world now where yeah. I think your way of doing things has actually got a, a lot wider audience where people are more open to it because everyone's looking now. I, mean, I love the fact, by the way, we had a whole list of about 50 questions. Haven't touched on a single one yet. Um, Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, listen, I like this. And this is what we want it to be. When we talk about the whole idea behind the Sales Masters podcast is to bring real conversations and help people to go from good to great. And this yeah. type of real conversation is exactly what people need. I mean, mm-hmm. with that in mind, do you find now, if we're saying personality types, I talk a lot about buying types and the different personalities, which you guys must do quite a bit on as well. Mm-hmm. Do you find that people struggle with selling to different types of people or do you try and get people to more focus in on find people just like you and move into that margin how does that work with you guys well it, a lot of people don't even get to that situation because they lack the belief so and don't forget network marketing we're we're selling and promoting other people's passions ideas and, and babies uh so like it's not like i've written a book yeah. this is amazing here we go it's I've got this product that I want to promote. I've heard it's amazing and other people are getting results. Like, would you like to give it a try? Right. They say like, would you like to give it a try? Or, you know, would you like, would you be interested? And, and the language is different because I think the conviction levels and the belief levels are so 
are so different to when you have your own product. Uh, but the people who've been using the product and have emotional benefit, they'll tell the world as if it's their own yes. product or the, their kid's product, you know, even stronger. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I, I think that that is that is the situation with a lot of people. But when it comes to like social media, we teach, you know, talk about what you love and the people who love that topic too will come will come to you and you have a conversation with them and you just bring it up. You just bring it up. Hey, uh, I might be way off here, but I'm just curious. Would you be open to checking out some information on a life-changing, a life-changing way that's helped me with blank? No worries. If not, just thought I would ask. And since we tested the Hey, no worries if it's not for you. Since we added that into the, the kind of the, the, the kind of the sales script, the opening script, yeah. like, you know, the ask the question, the the results improved because more people were saying it because they felt, oh, okay, so oh, that gives me that gives me an easy out. Yes. Right. Um, so that works really well. So again, it's a, I would say it's probably a different sales language to what I had been brought up on. Um, you know, like maybe in like the nineties and the noughties, but um. That because we teach it all online. It's not we don't really do the face to face sales stuff. It's all online, so it it's a lot of cold cold market. No cold calling, but uh, you know, create the content to attract the people like you. Have a conversation with the people who are like you about the things that you both like, and then ask like just pivot. Like it doesn't matter if you're talking about golf and then you want to try and sell them an iPhone. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter because by that time there's always that there's already that that level of, of rapport and understanding that you're very similar and maybe if it's helped you, it might help me too. So yeah, it's a little, uh, like a little it. different. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it is. And something you said there, which is really true. And I think it's really accurate with a lot of stuff is how sales, selling, marketing, negotiating, networking is, is just evolving now. I mean, I use uh, clubhouse uh, as an app and that's been, ah, yeah. been amazing for me. I mean, that's grown to sort of 15,000 since January and it's just mm-hmm. great because I will go into, I'm quite happy doing role play. Like someone's like, do you want a role play? I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I can jump into a role play room on Clubhouse. I did one yesterday with um, in a real estate room. I don't sell real estate. And a guy literally went, who wants to do it? And my brand on there is the sales angel. And he's like, this American guy's like, well, we've got a guy from the UK over here, the sales angel. Let's see how kick-ass he really is. Nice. So I'm like, right. So it's on then. But, but that's the point we either thrive or we shy away so i'm like hi first off i don't sell real estate second off i'm up for it what are we selling and the guy's like you don't sell real estate i'm like no but here anyone who's listening back to this there is a ploy behind that one it gives me an out if i screw it up two (laughs) if i get it right i seem like i'm amazing now i'm fairly confident on what i'm going to be able to do i believe in my skills i know that i'm trained and tailored right so (laughs) the guy's like i'm not gonna go easy because you're english Terrible accents, <laughs> by the way. So this conversation yeah. goes on. We go in bang. Twenty-five minutes later, and the idea behind role plays, everyone knows themselves. It's about making it as realistic as possible, but tough. Mm. So there's no hanging up and this stuff. Which I mean, would you go as hard as you go on role playing? Role playing? No, but I believe the Spartan creed of sweat more in practice, bleed less in battle. The harder yeah, you yeah. train, the better you're going to be. And off the back of that, we get. Like 15 different inquiries of people going, I um, just heard you randomly come into a clubhouse room with 250 <laughs> people. You don't sell yeah. real estate and you kicked ass against the people who did. And you've got to be prepared to shine, right? Whether that's building solid relationships in the new way of doing things or going hard in the old school and going, right, if you want to learn how to sell, this is what I can do. Like going really full on with a personality. or But whatever it is, it's the same, right? It's owning who you are. And why do you think a lot of people don't do that? Do you think it's because they don't know who they are? Like deep down, it gets all deep or. I I think again, they, they don't, they don't believe that other people share that same passion or they don't believe that people will be interested in their opinion. And like what you just mentioned there, you 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 either serve through curiosity by piquing someone's curiosity. Like, Oh, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Maybe that would be for me. Or you say, you just serve through value. Like what you did on that, on that role, on that role play. And I think that's the thing. And that's what we teach. We go serve first, like serve publicly, sell privately. Like on the social media game, like you serve, you serve, you serve, you give value, clubhouse, your, po- your podcast, you know, your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube, serve, 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 serve. And the conversations you have in the messenger, whether you're reaching out to the people who are watching, tuning in, commenting, or they're reaching out to you and you're, you're selling them. But I, I think a lot of people, they just, 
they just think maybe they just yeah they just they have a massive lack of belief or clarity on 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 whether things are going to actually pan out for them with what they're talking about. There was one guy. He came to me, such a good guy from Liverpool. Just, just, and he doesn't mind me saying like just an average lad because I'm the same, right? We're just like yeah, just yeah. ordinary, ordinary people. Uh, just, just a good guy. And he says, "Fraser, you always talk about like you know, like finding your niche or your niche if you're listening in America, whatever, right? You find your niche and and all this. And mine's a little bit weird." And I was like, "All right," I said. He said, "Like, am I okay if I share it with you? You're like, you're not gonna laugh, are you?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, go on then, mate. Go on, go on, go on." I always say you can have one or two things. Like, you know, there's action comedies, there's like, you know, romantic comedies, but it's very rare that you see a romantic comedy, adventure, sci-fi, horror, drama. You know, yeah. it's one or two things. So he said, "My first passion is women," and I was like, "All right, mate. Well, like, you probably got close to half the population probably are going to be interested in that." Like, what's the second? He said, he's promised you're not going to laugh. I was like, no, no, tell me. He said, lamps. I went like, 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 what kind of lamps? He said, like, you know, any kind of lamps, like desk lamps, bedside table lamps, like, you know, lamps, just all lamps. I was like, okay. Um, I mean, mate, that's, that is a little bit weird. You weren't, yeah. How long would it have took you to guess lamps? You'd have been there a long time. It would have been there three months. lifetimes, right? <laughs> uh, and he was like, I was like, so I'm thinking about creating a group called Women Who Love Lamps. And I'm like, yeah. So we ended up calling it Lamp Lovers. Now, all it was, was a Facebook group. And in 13 months, it hit 1 million members in the group. Stop it. Yep. Yep. It went nuts. He created t-shirts, merchandise. He created, and now don't forget, guys, like for those listening in, what could you do when you have a million members in a group? You can then charge money for people posting. So he turned the approvals on and women were now reaching out to him saying, hey, uh, can I post in the group? Here's an affiliate link or can I pay you? Because they were leaving their Instagram handles and now there are all these women paying him money. He did very, very, very well. And that is with something that you would think we just said we would have spent a lifetime trying to yeah. guess lamps. And he had a million members in the group. Um, and it's just, it's just, it was just staggering. So any niche, any niche works. You just got to, as you said at the beginning, you got to commit to it. You got to make that decision. You got to commit to it. But I just think so many people just lack a serious level of belief in the thinking like no one's going to be interested in my perspective. I would look at other people's perspective before I book a hotel or a holiday. I'll go on. I'll go on. Yeah, I think like if I see like on hotels.com, five star, like the Guardian, the best place to stay in 2019. And then I see a lad called Bob from Manchester is like the pillows were shit and the service was crap. I'm not staying there. I believe Bob more than I will the Guardian. Do you? Yeah, only only because I just, I I like real people who talk straight. I like and it. not like, you know, because hotels, that's gone, gone. they're not going to put one star, worst place ever. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I like to see use that as a promotion, I don't Yeah, yeah. So I, I really like, I really like that. So we, we will, we will spend, when we're booking places, we will spend time looking at the reviews. But every one star we look at, we always look at a five star. It's kind of the rule. Otherwise, you can just look at the one stars and be like, no, rubbish, 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 rubbish. I'm not staying there. Right. Um, so yeah, well done. Shout out to Bob from Manchester for the honor. Go on, Bob. I love Go it. Go on, Bob. Up the bobs. Um, yeah, let's jump in a couple of questions because I had like 25 and we haven't touched on any of them. But I do thank you for coming on today because it's it's interesting scene. And the idea behind this is to bring skills, bring different points of view, but also mm-hmm. to let people see behind it. Because I've got there's, um, a couple of people I know, the States from Clubhouse, uh, Brad Hager and other people, um, but, but were really big in network marketing. Like they were sort of That's spending huge. their careers there. Um, and I think it's fascinating hearing it. And I think there's, there's all this perspective. And I'm always, when people moan about perspective, I have people who say, ah, oh, sales, what, you're like a second-hand car salesman. Well, it's a pretty broad spectrum, right? And network marketing gets exactly the same thing. Now, that's always going to be there. Why do you think people start in network marketing, but then use that? Because they must use that as a cop-out later for not committing right? Mm-hmm. Oh, someone said to me this or someone said that. Do you think they just go into it with eyes closed or do you think they were looking from an out at the start? Because I know my thought in sales, I think a lot of people don't want it to work. They almost oh, find reasons for it not to work. Yeah, before they even join, they're saying it's, it's not going to work for me. It's not, I'm not that kind of person. Like they made their, they made their excuses already, <laughs> but 
people also listen. What one thing I've learned about life is closed-minded people open their mouths the most. Yes. That's what I've learned. Like I, I just I've learned that so so quick. And when they get started and they tell one person, their mum, their auntie, their sister, their daughter, their uncle, I have got involved in this network marketing thing. They'll go, Oh, you know you haven't. No, you haven't got involved in that thing, have you? Like you doing sales. <laughs> Come on, behave yourself. And they go, oh, really? Now, their uncle Bob, this is a different kind of Bob. Their uncle Bob is saying- Yeah, no, no offense them, to the other Bob. Great work. Yeah, we love we love all Bobs. Um, like, But like, you know, he's in the pub every single night. Like he's in the pub every single night, giving no value, not going yeah. anywhere, no, no progress. But they listen to that because they want to. They're like, okay, this gives me an excuse. Okay, yeah. oh, they're validating that I am not good enough. That's right. That's right. That's right. So that's one of the, that's one of the problems. I think the second problem is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call out network marketers on this one. Um, and obviously, network marketing is is in my veins, but the net the network marketing the network marketing profession needs to level up, and it needs to become it needs to be seen as a le- legit profession. The thing is, it was created to make housewives two, three, four hundred dollars or pounds yeah. a month. To help, you know, to help to help them get by and you know be able to go to the salon guilt-free, which shouldn't even be a thing. They should be able to go to the salon, but yes. they're guilty about spending the money because they come home and the husband goes, Oh, yeah, I can't believe you got a new haircut. You didn't need it. It was nice as it was. Right. So that that's a problem, is 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 understanding that we have an industry full of people who don't really want it to be a profession. They just want it to be a part-time thing. So there's this balance of like, it's not a professional industry. But realistically, the people inside of it don't necessarily want it to be a profession because they just want to make a few extra dot hundred dollars, yeah. and you're not going to get a lawyer who's like, oh, "I just want to make, I just, I just want to do one will a month and make two hundred dollars a month, three hundred dollars a month." It's just, it's just not a thing, is it? So, so those are two of the main problems. The stigmas behind it mainly come from people who want to talk about things that's got attention, and I think anyone, anything that's anti something is huge. Anything anti Donald Trump, huge conversation anti-sports huge conversation anti-like fashion huge everything anti-anything yeah is a it's just huge conversation so we're living in a world now that people will talk about things that get so much attention just for the sake of getting attention and they'll talk about mm -hmm. sorry i was going to to interrupt do you think the reason people like the anti-conversation is because you don't have to have a knowledge on it 100 percent because like, if I want to justify why I am pro X, right? Mm-hmm. X politician, X sport, vaccine, whatever the thing is in your life. If you want to explain to someone who doesn't believe that you believe, you have to explain why. But as a negative anti-person, all I have to say is don't like it. Yeah. So it's very easy to go, don't like it, right? But if someone says I like it, people are like, well, why do you like it? And people feel obliged. Because people are not used to just committing to the positive without explanation. Yeah. And I, I think, you know what, I'm probably one of the, because I've always been taught leaders of any industry have to stand up for what they believe in and kind yeah. of like, you know, fight the enemy. But I, I'm a little bit, I, I totally agree with that, but I'm a little bit different because if someone comes at me and says, I don't really like network marketing, I'll be, I'll actually have a conversation in terms of like, why? And they'll be like, oh, because only the people at the top make all the money. And then I'll have I'll do my best to try and educate them because one person who doesn't like it, who then gets educated, then stops telling everyone else that they don't like it. So I'll be like, well, listen, like everything in life, the person at the top is usually the person who gets the most money, the most successful, the CEOs, you know, like the head of the military. I mean, I know the religion doesn't have like the money kind of thing, but you know, the Pope, everything is a pyramid hierarchy. So, like, you know, let's quit with that conversation because it's a load of rubbish and they're like, ah, blah, 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 blah. then they just want to fight for the sake of wanting to fight. Like, but the people who are like, Oh yeah. Okay. No, I see where you're coming from. It's not for me, but all right. Thanks for, thanks for letting me know that. That for me is a good use of my time because it's one less person that will start talking crap about, about a profession that I absolutely love. But at the same time there, they also, they also think that network marketing is all about money. But the majority of people who join network marketing, they find a friend, and this sounds crazy, but they find a friend. Now, one in four Americans does not do not have a friend. One in four Americans do not have any friends. 
So joining network marketing, they might not make money, but they found a friend, they found a community, they found a voice, they found belief. It stopped them from doing bad things. Um, second one is they grow. They don't make, make, they might not make any money from network marketing, but they go on to be a, an influencer or they create a cooking brand or they, they do this or they do that. And the third thing for me has been the big one for me is conf- they got confidence. They got confidence because they, they figured out something about themselves or they realized that they could actually do something. So it's, it gets a bad rap because it's not just an income opportunity, which it used to be called years ago. It's an income opportunity, secondary, second income opportunity. Um, so I think people just need to, to understand that a little bit and just give it a little bit more credibility because it's a huge, huge, and it's $250 billion in 2020, which is just absolutely massive. Um, so yeah, and it changes a lot of people's lives, but I love it. I, guess. I love, for me, I think anyone who goes out, puts himself out there, is prepared to go make the effort. I absolutely love it. I'm fascinated with any different types of industries in and around, especially with say, that, that involves sales, selling, marketing. I think yeah. there's such a wide range. I'd love to know, like sort of, um, delve into mm-hmm. it more or get into one of those Big, I was talking to someone over um, about six months ago. I was like, I'd love to get into a network marketing, really get some people in and train them. Because there's such a good vibe about it, right? When you help and you see results in people and you see them go from, <laughs> my favorite one is when I get someone who's a client um, and they go through the, and I say to everyone, there's going to be a point over the first five or six weeks, you're going to go, I don't like you, Dave. Like you're pushing me too hard and this. And then when we come out in week six and you start smashing it, and you hit your first 10 grand month or you double your sales or you don't do this or back up. I get a phone call and it's literally, Dave, I've just done that. What you said with the Halo product, then I've done the upsell. They've only got to done it. I've just made four grand. <laughs> and you get a high pitch thing. And that's the thing, right? <laughs> to take the, I'm making a grand a month to I'm making a grand a day. Yeah. When people go to that stage, and then people are like, you're like, yes, this is what I do it for. This is why now the podcast and the whole idea behind the Sales Masters podcast is I want to impact more, bringing people like you on, bringing other great people, like Spencer Lodge and uh, Darius, so many great people coming up uh, up in this. Right, let me fire into some questions with you because I'm going to run out of time and I won't have asked any. Go back Hold in on. time. You're 18. You can chuck them three bits of advice that they would actually take, not they go, up. Oh, thanks. Cheers, granddad because that's the way we look at it now. What would be the three things that you would change about you if you could just implant that in their head? Messy action is the winner in this nice. game. Um, I would say num- number two Number two would most likely be figure out what's important and, make, and find a way to make it happen instead of finding the excuse. Um, and the thing, I think the third, third one is the people who are trying to, the people who are trying to pull you down are already below you, so ignore mm. them. I those are because those are my big problems, right? Those are the, the the big problems that I had. I mean, I could I could list quite a lot. Uh, do it now. Don't don't mess about. <laughs> like, create content, document. My biggest regret is I didn't have I don't have any content from when I started, and I'm a completely different person. Completely different person to the person I started. I was. Like I always, I do this presentation where I'm like, yeah, lose. I just hold the hold my hand up on my head for like 15 minutes whilst I'm talking. Um, but yeah, it's it, those are yeah, those are the three things I would say. I love it. Right, we're gonna fire through some of these, get some quick answers because I want to make sure people are coming out and are getting a good value out of the back of this as well. Right, let's go into biggest lesson you've learned in sales or business that you'd love someone else to learn without going through the misery. <laughs> well, the network marketing on social media, because that's like my space is, is what we spoke about before, like publicly, serve publicly, sell privately. Um, it's just, it's the key. It, re- it really is the key when it comes to, when it comes to this game on, on, online is people, people who serve will make so much more money um, then I, again, if, if I'm, I always use like a cupcake, it's not on the thing behind me, but you know, 80% value niche, 15% lifestyle, 5% selling. Um, when it comes to online content, but you know, if you're not selling, you're not, you're not going to be winning in this game, but then you got to serve to build the list to be able to sell to. So, and in network marketing, we need a lot of sales, not like five or 10 a year. We need like a lot. So, uh, yeah, build that list all the time, serve, 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 and then sell. So, yeah. I love it. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I'd be a construction manager in Liverpool. Really? I'd wear a, yeah. I'd be, that's what I got my degree in. 
Oh, right, okay. I, I was going to say, if, if you've got a degree or something, that's a really random choice out there. Yeah, yeah. I really always <laughs> wanted to have it. But you want, I always yeah. what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a fighter pilot, right? I daydreamed of it all the time as a kid until I realised I was scared crapless of heights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the most ridiculous. I've done a skydive since now, but even though nice. I still feel ill. But I'm like, this is the, the, the po- complete polar of what my body would have liked. And, it, <laughs> and I think sometimes you have this in life, right? We have a vision of what something's going to be. And the vision of what we think we want is very, very different because the actual reality of what it is, like being a fire pilot, you're involved in being a very small thing, flying through the air at a very high altitude. If you're scared <laughs> of heights, it's definitely you're not going to be the vibe. Um, you're done. Right, if you, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would you choose and why? Jim Rohn, 100%. He'd be uh, on mine. Yeah, Jim Rohn is just like... If I could choose three Jim Rohns, no, it'd be Jim Rohn, Zig, Zig, Zig Ziglar, would be uh would be number two. And then I think I would probably I think I'd probably go with um Bill Shankly, the manager the or like, manager at Liverpool way back when. Because I would love to have just I'm a big Liverpool fan. So that'd be like a selfish one and just trying to learn learn a little bit about like how did you build like one of the greatest football teams ever. Um, you know, not with the greatest players, but like the greatest team. So those would be my two. So Jim Rohn for personal development, Zig Ziglar for sales, because he's just a god. Uh, and obviously Bill Shankly from Liverpool, just if I can get I'd love to ask you about this, and it's a great list of people. Mm-hmm. When we talk about people like Zig Ziglar, we talk about Jim Rohns and when they read their story and how they come up and do their apprenticeships, because they didn't have the internet, Mm-hmm. Like my granddad, come out of school, went and worked in a factory, there for life, didn't even think about Wouldn't even have thought about doing something else, right? That was just the way it was because yeah. it wasn't the opportunity. Yeah. Do you think that Jim Rohn and that, if we're really honest, not of them, mm-hmm. not bad about them, do you think these greats that we see now, if they'd had the internet, would have left sooner from those roles? Ooh, probably. They probably would have, wouldn't they? They, 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 because they, they probably would have... They probably would have had a team that would have condensed or cut up all their content. So they would not have come, right? It's YouTube day. Or the other side is they might have been, they might have done the other, they could have gone the other way and they could have gone, listen, I'm I'm a bit tired of traveling around the world now. Let's build a studio. John Maxwell's done a really good job of that. Uh, Let's build a studio and let's just broadcast more and more and more. So uh, in one way, yeah. I think they would. And in the other way, they probably wouldn't have got in front of people. And I think the problem with online content is it's a different feeling when you speak it in front of a room. Yes. Like when you're in front of like a few thousand people and it's like, I'll never forget the day that, but everyone forgets the day when they're on a Facebook Live. Oh, I watched 15 Facebook Lives today. I've watched four YouTube videos today. That was good. But like, so I, I just think Jim Rohn to me is just, oh, now, if he hadn't done what he did, there wouldn't be a lot of him. The ripple effect would have been very, 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 very massive. There would have been none. Yeah. So, yeah. The impact so. that those people have had, there's no way they would have ever gauged it would have gone so big. Because the idea of the internet at that, that key time, but when you hear the old cassette tapes of Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, are in happen. a room of 150 people or 500 uh, people, they yeah. know that they're going to sell the tapes, right? But they yeah, yeah. never. Would no, know no. the millions and like the idea of millions and millions of people hearing it wouldn't even have rung in there. Right, next mm-hmm. one up there. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest challenge you've come over the last year, and how did you overcome it? I think working with a team has been actually the biggest challenge. It's been the biggest reward, but the biggest challenge. So uh, we have a team. We have a sales team, and. You know, at the beginning, there was a lot of churn, like they're good, but they're not. We want them to hit hit a certain percentage sales. They're not hitting it. Like we've got to let them go, but we have to give them enough time to get used to it and get good at it and train up at it. But we, the the time is we're we're like wasting all these leads. That was the, probably the biggest challenge. And then we basically brought someone in to train the team and manage the team. So like, you know, it wasn't just me doing it. Uh, And that, that was, that has been the best thing. Uh, and I think my mindset was no, because 
there's going to be all these fees and all these commissions and all this stuff. And it means that we're going to have to, there's going to be pressure to generate more leads. And if we don't generate leads, people are going to want to go because they're not making what they wanted to make. And that was probably the biggest, the biggest challenge. Because before that, it was just me. I was just going live and selling my books on lives and, you know, traveling around and selling the books and doing great. But since we brought in the sales team and got serious about selling to our leads and realizing we should, like we've got the greatest offer for network marketers, the best investment, it's a no-brainer. We should be actively selling it. Uh, so simply done that, the business is 5X'd. So it's been, uh, it's been really, it's been, it's been great. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think that was definitely the biggest challenge is, is understanding leverage and letting myself get out of the way. And then also understanding there is a bit of a transition period and it's going to be messy. Uh, and we're going to knock a few hurdles down and, you know, might have a dip here, dip there, but long-term when I zoom out, I see like, whoa, uh, yeah, this is good. This has been a good decision. So, and I'm so grateful because whenever I have the chance to pay someone, I always, it always makes me think if I wasn't paying them this money, like what would else would they be doing? They'd be out, they'd be getting a job. So less time with their family, less time. Yeah. I think they wouldn't be building the right skills. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful. And one of my sales, one of my sales team is my brother who was a, who was a, a taxi driver before. So his, and he's a multiple six figure salesperson now. So his, you know, his life is completely turned around. So he's one of my favorite success stories, um, which is, and it's not network marketing. He's just, he's selling on the phone. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Favorite quote. Well, I've got a load behind me, uh, and these are all my favorite ones. I would say the favorite one that I live my life is is treat everyone like a someone. That that's like mm. one that I live my life like by. It. But I would I would say make your success story louder than your louder than your excuse story. That would be the one that I would. Uh, I like that a lot. It, yeah, and it's yeah, ingrained it's, for people, right? Yeah, it's habitual. Think, People are just used to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's just it's just key. It's key. Right. What was one of my other great questions we had in here? So many, by the way, on that list, guys. Um, he he spent sent a lot. It was. I great. do. I think it was like twenty five questions. And do you know why yeah, I do it? I think with a lot of stuff out there, like we said earlier, my big thing is sweat more in practice, bleed less in battle. If you're going to turn up and interview someone and don't have a wealth, like if someone puts me in front of Elon Musk. I've got a list of questions I'm asking, right? <laughs> yeah. In yeah. fact, if you don't have this type of stuff, opportunities pass us by. I mean, I think yeah. preparation is one of the key things that we miss out on. And if people get on a live, and mm-hmm. I was just going to chew the fat, yeah, I want to do that. But at the same time, you want to get the best out of it. I want to see people come into this podcast go, that was full. Yeah. Well, I, you know, touching on that as well, um, I believe everyone gets a ridiculous number of lucky moments, like a, a, a ridiculous number. If you're prepared and you're doing the work, when the lucky moment comes, you don't know it happens, but your business just starts to grow from these points. And you look back and you go, that was a good moment. That was a really, but if you're not, and you're waiting for the lucky moment to come, you miss every single one. You miss every single one. And you're like, oh, I wasn't lucky. I didn't get lucky. Oh, it's all right, Dave. He got lucky. Like, it's all right for Bob. He got lucky. Oh, it's all right for Fraser. He got lucky. No, no, no. It's worked hard before the lucky moment come. I think it's just so important that people know that is you got you to do the work before the lucky moment hits to be able to benefit from the lucky moment that comes. Like it's interesting it's, uh, you say that, right? Because I look, I, I say think about cryptocurrency. It's the easiest mm-hmm. analogy you've got. 2011, I own 10 bitcoins. Now, oh. I didn't buy them. Don't, it gets worse. Um, yeah, I, I've got a similar story. I brought them. <laughs> Not because I was impacted, just the people I was with brought them. Like one of the guys spent 30 grand, like like game changing, like life. Mine went up to 600, sold a couple. I eventually sold mine off at like three grand. I'm like, oh, but I didn't take the time to really look into what it was. I didn't bother touching them until about 2016. Listen, still done. Things have been okay out the back of it. Um, But some of the stuff that's been in there, when I look at them now, I brought Dogecoin, that big meme coin thing. Oh, yeah. I had at one point, I put in $600 in like 2013 into it. And I oh. sold them in 2014 at like 50 quid loss. Oh, whoa, wow. We're talking like silly money. Yeah. But it, it... I was in the right place. I was in the right time. I was exposed to the right information. But because I wasn't prepared... 
with the mindset of how big it could be, it passed me by. Right. Now, I've right. got two choices. Look at that as a bittersweet thing. And, ah, well, this went all right, and that'll be it. And now I'm ready for new things. Or I will use it. Now, I'm using this as a story now as an example of why and how to be open to other things later. Mm-hmm. Rather than wearing it as a... Some people wear stuff like this as a badge of honour. Oh, yeah, so I missed out on being a billionaire. Blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Right, if that's going to be your legacy in life, that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We've got to take that lesson and go, right, now I need to be doubly prepared for everything. And now anytime an opportunity, I'm like, right, write that down, go and look into yeah. that, right, go and look at it. So now I've spent all my time looking for opportunities. And a lot of people don't take that time, right? You, mm-hmm. which you, you must see all the time. May I 100% have a similar story, S- similar story to you. It just wasn't a passion of mine. Like, I'm like, oh, what's the point? Like, wh- why have I even got these things? Like, similar, similar, very similar story, like same time and all that fun stuff. But I also then look at the other situation of, okay, I've, I've learned my lesson there. I'm not going to let it happen again. So I'm going to go get educated about what this is. And, you know, I've still it got a little bit, little bit in the mar- in, in that market, nowhere near as much as I had back in the day. But, you know, it's, I, I then count that as a lucky moment. Oh my days, I'm so lucky that I got exposed to it so, so yeah. early on. I'm so lucky that I got burnt from my own fault. I'm so lucky that I've got the mindset, I'm going to change it. I'm so lucky that I'm in the market before it's got to these crazy to these crazy moments. And I'm so lucky that 90% of my family don't even know what it is. Like, so when it comes to that, so again, it's, I think a lot of it's condi- like preparation, obviously. Um, doing the work, messy action, definitely. And, uh, and I think it's just conditioning yourself to just be a winner. Like, let's go. Like, I'm going to win. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But this week, I'm going to win at something. Uh, and it's something that we do with with all our like, – we have, like, an inner circle group coaching. We've got, like, I think 1,500 people in there now. And what we do every single Friday is they have to send in what their win of the week is. And anyone who says, like, I didn't have one, it's like, no, you have one. Figure out what it is. Like, even if it's like, you know, if you elbow it, if you el- when you wake up in the morning, you elbow side to side and you don't hit a wooden box, then you're alive. You're not hitting a coffin. So that's your win if that's what it has to be. And it's just, that has helped a lot of people understand that, actually, no. And it also gives another level of accountability of like, okay, I've got no win yet this week. Let's go make this a good Friday. So yeah, I think the mentality is everything. Mindset is everything. <laughs> I love the mm-hmm. fact of having these big groups. I mean, I'm moving now and I keep getting asked to go and talk to different groups. So I love it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I think mm-hmm. being exposed to different audiences gives you a different mindset as well. Right. I know we yeah. said we keep this up to about an hour and I've probably talked to you for at least another week. So mm-hmm. anyone who's listening to this now and for any crazy reason hasn't gone and followed you, where can people find you? Tell us about your book. Tell us what's going on. The floor mm-hmm. is yours. Well, if you're in if you're in network marketing, then I'd go check out my my podcast, Network Marketing Ninja Podcast. If you're not in network marketing, that podcast will probably not make sense. So stick around uh, on this podcast, obviously. Uh, and I would say if you're not in network marketing, give me a give me a follow on uh, on Instagram. Again, I'm very heavy in network marketing, but uh, I hope that you know if you're on the fence about it, I can teach you a few, a few a thing or two to maybe be encouraging about the industry. Uh, because I'll tell you this. Tony Robbins go to his event. The majority of people are network marketers. Uh, you know, you go to these these big influencers. A lot of them are invested in them. They're speaking with them. They're consulting with them. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a moving industry that's shaking very much. And you'll have at least one family member that will get massive benefit from the industry. So yeah, I appreciate you, man. This is, this is I'm so excited about this podcast. It, it, obviously, this is one of the earlier episodes. So super excited about it. It's going to be on my Alexa. Uh, from this moment onwards, uh, gonna, so every time I go in and through and past it, I'm going to be listening to you and the rest of the guests. And uh, yeah, I encourage each and every single one of you tuning in to smash that subscribe, leave a five star rating and review. Take a screenshot of what's on your po- uh, what's on your phone and just post it onto your Instagram sh- stories. The most attractive people I know in the world are the people who who, who are constantly growing and developing. So uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's 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 been really great. Hey, thank you so much. And your kind words mean a lot. Um, anyone who's watching this, by the way, if you're not in network marketing, I will argue the toss. You still need to go, even <laughs> if you're never going to do it. And here's why. As someone who articulates himself very well, whatever you are planning to do on your life, if you're a plumber and you want to become a great plumber, if you want to go off and you're a mathematician, if you're, I don't know, a digger driver, at every point we want to be articulate in a clear and concise way without sounding like an ass. Now, one thing Fraser does very well, he talks about the similar things 
in different ways consistently over time. And to have that as an ingrained, unconsciously competent skill is valuable. And if you're on this podcast now, you're in sales, you have a business, you want to learn to sell, you want to be an effective communicator. It's one of the key things out of everything else out there. So for that alone, you need to make sure you're following Mr. Fraser Brooks. Fraser, thank you so much for today. Uh, Guys, ladies, gents, however you identify, make sure you're tuning in or go and watch one of the episodes now or go to thesalesangel.com and find out more details. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, like, follow, subscribe, rate and review and join me again on the next edition of the Sales Masters Podcast. Thank you.